The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, that was an unexpected win. Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. I'm thrilled to be coming at you today. Buffalo Bills with a big win. Big Newt, how are you feeling? Hey, man, I feel freaking awesome. This is one of the best weekends of my life, I tell you. At least my married parental life. Um, it's just talking about sports wise, man. Notre Dame with a big win over Clemson, and then my Buffalo Bills, man, take down the Seattle Seahawks. So, can we say that this was a statement win? I think it's more than a statement win. I, I tried to go, I tried to think back, man. This is the biggest win I can remember since what I mean, we would be Minnesota. Uh, when uh, Josh Allen made the leap over Anthony Barr, I mean, when we beat Green Bay a couple years ago, I mean, this this is one of the biggest wins we've had in a couple years, buddy. I mean, we beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, we beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, but they turned out to be garbage. So, I mean, hmm. I don't know. Well, it's definitely saying something because you and I did not see this coming. We were clearly on record as saying the Bills had no chance against against the Seahawks. So, what went right in that game? Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, he went back to his old ways, looking like an MVP, top five in the league type player, man, and and that it begins and ends with him, man. This this team is going to go as far as he takes us. And once again, man, 400 yards, four touchdowns, and he out-MVP'd Russell Wilson, man. I mean, Russell Wilson, two touchdowns. He threw for almost 400 yards but had two picks, and uh, we got the win. So, I mean, head-to-head if it comes down to voting. I ain't saying that Josh Allen's going to win it, but he's on track. He's back on track now. Well, who is the real Josh Allen? Is it the guy who threw for – Oh gosh, over 400 yards with over 80% of his passes completed, accounting for four touchdowns, or is it the guy who seems to struggle with uh, with defenses, reading the defenses, running out of the pocket too soon, forcing throws? 
who who is Josh Allen? I think we're still answering that question, but once again, if you uh, nine games in, he got five great games, mm-hmm. three average games and one poo game. So you tell me, man. I mean, if you go, if you're gonna look like the best quarterback in the league half the time, I'll take that. I I think I'm with you, and there's something else that I have to touch on, and I told you. I told you, I told you, and I've been saying all season that A.J. Klein is the best player on the Buffalo Bills roster. You know you're lying to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I said this was the best free agent signing of all time. This guy is going to be a game changer, and every week I have just praised him up and down. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, don't feel bad, man. A lot of people count and climb out, man. But I tell you, he he should be up for AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance, man. The guy was all over the place, and I and I just think it's one of those things where we got to find what he do well, and that's um, putting his foot in the ground and going straight forward instead of moving laterally. So. Um, if we could continue to grow on that and do things he could do well, maybe he could be serviceable. But yeah, no one saw this coming, man, from that guy. I'm unapologetic of, of him, and he got to give me more before I change my opinion. But I tell you, man, that dude, he balled out this weekend. Yeah, so what he have five tackles, uh, two for loss, uh, two sacks, a fumble, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a pass breakup. Now, it's Bill Parcells who said that players are either good at moving forward or good at moving backward. They typically can't do both. Well, we know he doesn't do well moving backward, but moving forward. Now, previously, he gets, you know, we've seen him try to rush the quarterback in the past. He gets stoned. He's been a a bad tackler so far this season, but wow, he seemed to really want it on Sunday. and. Building on that would be fantastic. Now, the Bills did some different things on defense than they have done all season. You saw a lot more blitzing than they typically do, and it worked. They had Russell Wilson messed up that game. How many times did they hit him? Was it 16 times? Mm-hmm. That That's unbelievable. That's the most any quarterback has been hit this season. And to my recollection, I, I don't. I can't think of the last time the Bills hit a quarterback that many times, except for maybe against uh, Washington in Toronto when they sacked the quarterback 11 times. That was probably the only other time I can think of where the quarterback went down that often. Yeah, man, and to get to him five times, man, this looks like the defense of old, man. So once again, hopefully we can just keep it going. They were flying around. We had two takeaways, two uh as far as interceptions concerned, T. White and then Poyer. I mean, it's reminiscent of one of our top five defensive performances, man, and it felt daggum good. It felt good, but don't get too excited. They still gave up 34 points. That's a lot of points. Now, one of them was kind of a fluke because it was busted coverage, but still, it's like, well, once again, to quote Bill Parcells, you are what your record is, you are what the score is. And they gave up 34 points, but this is also an offense that has been putting up over 30 points on everybody this season. 
credit to also, I, I, I want to hand out a couple game balls here uh, uh, to the coaching staff. Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, they, they did some excellent X's and O's going into this game, planning it out. So what did you see on defense that was really working for him? What else did you like from that game on Sunday? I like the way we came out, man. We get the ball. We just went down the field and scored four plays, I believe, open the drive. I think that set the tone for the whole day. That just felt good, man. Usually when you win the coin toss, you defer and uh, want the ball second half. But to get it and just come down four plays and score, that put them uh, behind the eight ball all day long. And then I believe we, we scored a touchdown. And then the second drive, we had a field goal. So we went up quick, what, 10 nothing, Or was it 14 nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, to jump up on them quickly, that puts doubt in your mind. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like when you get into a fight and then somebody just, bah, hit you in the face. It's like, oh, shoot. Like, I didn't know you could hit that hard. That's I feel like that's what we did to them. Like, we kind of caught them off guard, and we set the tone for the next couple of hours. Well, like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And it seems like Andre Roberts – set up that first drive with his 60-yard kickoff return, and it seemed like they were clicking on all cylinders because it only took four plays to get into the end zone after that. That that was remarkable. And, you know, there were people speculating that Roberts might be cut because there were so so many quality players coming into camp at the wide receiver position. How smart do they look for keeping him on the roster now? He, the, the guy's been a game changer. He has, man. Field positions is very important, man. I tell you, he's worth his weight in gold, man. When we can get the ball in favorable position and the offense don't have to go as far. So you don't have to sustain a 80-yard drive, man. We could just cut that down to 30 or 40 yards. And, and if you could get the ball to the 50-yard line, then most likely uh, nine times out of 10, you're going to come out of it with at least three points. NFL statistics show. So, I mean, the more he get those great returns, man, the better we are, man, make it easier for our offense. Now, there's the game wasn't without its warts. We saw Seattle blitzing pretty heavily come the second half of the game. And that was something that both Josh Allen and the offensive line did struggle with at times. And it took a little while for Brian Dable to kind of get it through his head that he needed to be calling a different game. And then suddenly you saw the Bills with the screen passes and, you know, the bubble screen to John Brown that almost resulted in a touchdown. Um, I would have liked to have seen that come sooner. Now, at in the second quarter, when we saw three offensive linemen go out of the game with injuries, it looked like it looked like all hell was going to break loose. Um, when Ryan Bates came in and then Ty Seki came in and then the sacks started happening, I, I thought to myself, oh no, this, this game's about to start getting out of control. To their credit, and this is something that our own Anthony Marino brought up to me from Circling the Wagons podcast. We saw backups really step it up and I was thrilled to see that. And that seems like something that we've kind of counted counted the backups out when it comes to offensive line. But man, Ryan Bates, Ike Butker, 
they were pancaking some guys out there, and it was really nice to see. Does this reflect poorly on the Bills for letting Quentin Spain go? Well, I told you how I felt about it, man. I love Q Spain, so but this was, I mean, to answer your question, man, it was next man up, and those guys came in. And did Josh Allen take some hits? He did. I think he took five or six sacks. Seven. Um, but I'll tell you, man, they they and uh, Pete Carroll said in the post game, man, hey, we watched the film and we thought our best plan of action was to play man, and and we talked about it on our podcast before, man. That that's how we succeeded in the first quarter of the season, man. We saw a lot of man coverage and uh, we burned them, and that's what Seattle decided to do. So uh, our coaching staff did a wonderful job in their game plan and their adjustments, and I. I'll say that Pete Carroll didn't do as good in his staff, man. Um, we saw a lot of man coverage, and we killed them, man. We had two receivers. Well, we had Diggs over 100 yards, and then uh, John Brown had Coastal. I think he had 99 yards. Mm-hmm. So if that was their plan of action, it, it fell miserably, man. So we beat them by double digits. The Bills receivers didn't seem stoppable, and one of the wrinkles that Brian Dable dialed up was putting four Four wideouts on the field simultaneously. They, in fact, uh, you had four receivers on the field for 15 snaps. And on those 15 snaps, the Bills gained 158 total yards for 10.5 yards per play average. And that's, that's outstanding. And that was particularly useful because the Seahawks' top cornerback, Shaquille Griffin, wasn't playing. So they were really getting to the Seattle depth and also proving that linebackers cannot run with the Bills underneath receivers. We've we've seen time and time again that Cole Beasley can get open. It just the guy seems like he's always available uh, on the underneath patterns, finding the soft spot in zones, running away from man coverage. He's been fantastic this year. And um you know, I, I think that we need to give a heck of a lot of credit to Josh Allen for hitting those receivers. After this game, I don't think we're going to see another team play man-to-man against the Bills. Just why would you do it? You can't cover those guys. You would think so, man, but I mean, I don't know. We we don't get paid all the big bucks, man. I don't know what they seen on film, but I mean, we knew coming into this game that that was going to be our game plan. We're going to, have to push the ball downfield to uh, challenge their secondary. They had one of the worst secondaries in the league, even with the return of uh, Jamal Adams. So I, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they thought that was the best course of action. But yeah, man, if you want to do that, that I mean, I'm all for it. So right. Um, Hopefully we continue to see it, and then Josh Allen can continue. Because I just it makes me wonder. And, and once again, I, I see. I promised myself that I would not say anything negative um, today about this because this is celebratory. But it just makes me wonder um, how well can Josh Allen read zone coverage? You know what I'm saying? Um, because we see when they go man, I mean, it's no competition. He's gonna look like one of the best players in the league, but. With his feet and stuff, once he sees zone coverage, the way his feet move, it, I mean, once we watch it on TV and we can only see the tight, we don't get to see the field, you know, the whole field. It's kind of like you're looking at it like, do he, does he know what he's looking at when he looks at when people are dropping back in zone and he doesn't want to make mistakes? So um, that leads to sometimes leaving the pocket before he has to and just picking one side of the field to go with. 
Um, but that's something I think come with age and come with experience. Once you see more things and you get tendencies, those things you get better at. So the thing that, I mean, that I worried about with him was accuracy. And like you said earlier, man, he uh, tossed for maybe, what, 80, 80% of his passes were complete. So I'll take that all day. He only missed seven times this game. And at at one point, he had more touchdowns than he had incompletions, which, I mean, that's incredible. Now, it's interesting what you say about Allen being potentially not as good against the zone because it's a departure from last season when it was completely the opposite, where Allen was much better against the zone, terrible against man-to-man. And that's why the first month of the season – teams were slow to react because they had the 2019 film playing saying, well, Allen should not be able to complete passes against man to man. And that's exactly what he's doing. But also you've got to credit his receivers because they're getting open and they're getting separation. And when they do that, Allen's hitting them and he's hitting them in stride. In the past, you saw, well, there were so many Bills quarterbacks where, you know, they'd be wide open, but they'd have to make a spectacular catch in order for the completion to be made. That's not the case this year. You see, especially on the crossing routes, Allen is putting the ball where it needs to go in order for the receiver to keep running. And while we're talking about Allen throwing the ball, that touchdown to Tyler Croft, did you see how much juice he put on that thing? When he he hit Croft in the back of the end zone, he threw a freaking rocket and it was like, oh man, look at that. I, I was worried it was going to go through Croft's hands because he threw it so damn hard. But these receivers have adjusted to to the fastballs that are coming upon them. And I loved seeing it. Like it was it's one of those things. You know how it's it's fun to watch, you know, the punter unleash a 70 yarder or your quarterback to throw it 70 yards downfield. Well, you know, when <laughs> When your quarterback uncorks a 90-mile-per-hour fastball, I like seeing that, too. Yeah, man, he has mustard on that pass. I tell you, man, and, and it went through people, man. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of garbage in there. So for him to see that and get it there, man, that was that was awesome, man. So I, I tell you, I mean, it also helps. I, it, you, It's not understated the fact of us adding Stefan Diggs, dude. That dude is a man. His catch rate is wonderful. Uh, having him and then moving John Brown to the, the number two receiver, Beasley, I mean, I, I keep saying it, man. I don't feel like anyone has a better set of three better weapons than us, and we see it week in, week out, man. So he's doing his thing, man, and he keep looking like this. I mean, if he's up for I, – I, I think, if anything, this solidified him for the Pro Bowl, unless, once again, we just collapse. I don't see that happening. I can see him making a Pro Bowl now, um, and I know we're probably going to get into this maybe later, but if we want to talk about it, you have Mahomes, okay? Mahomes probably going to be playing in the Super Bowl, all right? So he probably won't be able to go to the Pro Bowl. Who else would, who else would you put in the AFC before him? Well, uh, let's see. We've got the uh, the kid out in San- or L.A. for the Chargers. Justin Herbert is playing really well. Not going to happen. Not going to happen? Okay. No. Um, and the fact that you started with him lets you further know how Josh Allen you, – you have to start with Jackson, yep. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, 
uh, Big Ben, yep. Pittsburgh, and then the Josh Allen, and then depending on who makes it to the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying. So let's say some, let's say somebody knocks off Kansas City, where Mahomes is in, and right. then and then I feel like it's Josh Allen, and then the last spot will go to Big Ben or Lamar in the AFC. So where does Ryan Tannehill fall in this argument? Out of that, out of the top five or number five, maybe. So who's better, him or Justin Herbert? I would probably take Herbert first. Sure, but but what is you got with Pro Bowls? You got to look at records. You do, that, yeah. That that's important too, because look at all right. If that's the case, then you Joe Burrow, you pick Joe Burrow first before uh, Herbert. Joe Burrow's having an outstanding season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, when you only get two wins, I mean, you don't take too many Pro Bowlers off two, three win teams. That's true. You know, so I think it's right, and that's once again that's mid season. Um, things could change if we collapse. But I'm saying if the Pro Bowl was getting, we were doing it right now. I would definitely say that Josh Allen would be in with this win. And once again, now you got it. Now it's the conversation about uh, MVP talk now because you outdo the front runner for MVP. So I would say that he's back in the top five of the MVP talk. Yeah, probably. As of right now, it's fluid. Don't you know? I know people are gonna say, "Oh, you flip flop," and man, sports are fluid. I mean, we're a different team now. Seven and two and beating Seattle—that make that changes things now. So now that bad taste we had in our mouth, or we should have lost to New England and all that stuff two weeks ago, we ain't thinking about that now. So I mean, sports is fluid. Right. So we said that this was a signature win, but yeah. let's examine that a little bit. What is a signature win? When you beat a good team. When you beat a good team. Yeah, not beat a scrub. Like <laughs> a lot of people laughing about the stuff I said last week. We beat a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, and so I now don't I want like, no hey. scrubs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I saw you was <laughs> that TLC, man, classic. <laughs> um, you were talking about it on Twitter with some of the uh, listeners, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have beat. I mean, everybody except the Rams. I mean, and the Raiders is good too, but this is a good team where people were seeing them going to the Super Bowl and you beat them. You know what I'm saying? So now it it it, it just makes everything look different now. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and once again, I don't want to act like, oh, we're Super Bowl because now I'm here. I got all kind of calls this weekend. Oh, man, y'all look like y'all going to AFC Championship. Y'all look like Super Bowl. I'm not saying that right now. What I'm saying is now, though, the way things are shaping up, you see uh, Big Ben was limping off the field, and now he's in COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. So what if he's not there and he's not right when we play them? Now it don't seem like that's impossible, you know? Right. Um. So you got to look at the, how the league around you shapes too, man. But to have a top five pass in the league, man, I'll take that, man. Everything else, we I can fix that. You know what I'm saying? I can work around that. Well, it's a quarterback league, and your team is only going to go as far as your quarterback is going to take you. So if Josh Allen's playing like a type top five quarterback, yeah, I, I think that the Bills end up being a top five team. So the question is, you have now defined – what a signature win is. And I'm going to throw in the element of not only do you beat a good team, but you beat them convincingly and you do it in a way that 
doesn't leave any doubt as to what you're capable of. It's it's something that your team builds upon and your fans don't forget about. But then the question becomes, what does this game mean going forward? Does it mean anything at all? Because when the Bills got absolutely destroyed by the Titans and then you know beat up really bad against the the Chiefs, it looked like the Bills were a middle of the pack team. But then they rebound. Well, actually, they played a couple more games after that that were kind of ugly. But they then rebounded and resoundingly beat a very good football team, albeit flawed. The Seahawks are incredibly flawed. They've been giving up over 350 passing yards a game this season. Flawed, but very good nonetheless. So you you wonder if there's momentum that builds off of either toward or against based on wins and losses. So what does this mean going forward? Does this mean that the Bills are more or less likely to beat the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, or does it have no bearing on it at all? Well, I think that's a great question. I think it's it's, uh, a couple of aspects or components to that. Each week, you got to look at each game individually because of the matchup, okay? We played against a bad defensive team, but Josh Allen tore them up like they were bad, and we won against a good team. Mm -hmm. So that's a check. All right, Arizona, now we're on a three-game winning streak. All right, everybody's patting you on your back. Everybody's showing you love. Once again, I keep going back to the Notre Dame win. Last we Notre Dame, and I know this is not a Notre Dame podcast, but bear with me. A lot of y'all are Notre Dame fans out there listening to us. Um, we Notre Dame hasn't had a victory over number one team since 1993, dude. 27 wow. years. Beat Florida State. I think it was this week. 27 years ago. The next week, we lost to an unranked Boston College, and we played Boston College in three days. Okay? So, one game is is how you handle success also, because now we're on a three-game winning streak. We're 7-2. Everybody's patting you on the back. We kicked off NFL primetime and all that stuff. Um, Good Morning Football gave Josh Allen the, the, the player of the weekend. You know what I'm saying? So how do you handle everybody patting you on your back? So it's kind of twofold. It's like, yeah, you get momentum, but it's how you handle it. And Arizona Cardinals, their defense is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got to figure out our defense has to figure out how to way to stop uh, uh, Kyler Murray. So that's a different challenge. But um, it's and plus we're going out west. It's a four o'clock start. So all those things put together, I mean, it's going to be hard, but I feel a lot better about that game. And if we lose, so what? And then we go into the bye week, I, everybody's still feeling good. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like how you handle success. Can we stay focused and nose to the ground? Because this week is going to be a whole different challenge. But I, what it does for me, getting the signature win, is it makes me feel good good about not only this week but for the rest of the season and we needed this win and that's number one number two we needed this win because what happened also Miami beat Arizona 
Mm-hmm. And so the whole goal is to win the AFC East. But I'm thinking to myself, it would have been even better once we won. It's like I'm looking to see what Miami did at 4 o'clock. And then they wind up pulling out against Arizona. So I'm like, dang. So that was kind of the negative part because I wanted to get separation between us and them. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And now the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals, they have the same record, which is five and three. So the Bills are a game and a half better than both of those teams. Although when it comes to points for and points against, uh, the Bills are looking like they are fairly even matchup with, with the Cardinals. And like you said, going out West, especially after a big win like this, it, it has... Some of the makings of being a trap game, but here's the thing. You can't overlook the Cardinals because they're good, because Kyler Murray's a good player, because that defense is excellent, and how in the world are you going to cover D-Hop? That's going to be a toughie. If Trey White's ankle is still bothering him, oh man, it could be a problem. So you're going to have to look at some really good safety play, and oh, by the way, they... The Bills, that is, were able to keep a mobile quarterback in the pocket. Well, Kyler Murray's more mobile than Russell Wilson at this stage. So what are they going to do with him? Are they going to have enough players on the field that can that can run with Kyler Murray if he escapes the pocket? Are they going to be able to keep him in the pocket? This is not going to be an easy game. But I feel the same way you do, which is I feel good going into this game and if they lose, and you know the Bills always steal one that they shouldn't, and they always give one away that they shouldn't. We've talked about this. Every team does. It, it's just there's parity in the NFL, and anybody can beat anybody. It's just how it goes down. Mm-hmm. The Bills are probably going to bring it against, against the Cardinals because they know they've got a week off, and the schedule is fairly unforgiving. I just hope they don't end up dropping a game against the Broncos. That's what we're hoping. Now, are the brains going to be in it? Like I said, I think they will. But there's a chance that they won't be. But the Miami Dolphins, while we're talking about other teams, do they concern you? Yeah, they do. And like I said, uh, I thought that Tua would uh, show his age, and he hasn't as of yet just with two games. I mean, first – his first start, he didn't throw for that many yards, but uh, this weekend he looked uh, he looked ready and he looked like he was capable. So that kind of worries me because once again, we we can't let Tua win this division, right? Okay, not as a rookie. If that does, then I think that that will put us behind. We have to win the division this year, and I, and once again, man, beating Seattle this week that gives me hope, man. I feel like we could beat. Not, what Seattle does is now, now that I look at the last seven games, it's only one team that I would say now is a loss. Now, obviously, do I, I think we're going to go, you know, do I think we're going to go 6-1 and one the rest of the way? No. But I feel like Cardinals is a one-point favorite against us. So when you're a one-point favorite, that's like nothing because you get three points for being at home. Mm-hmm. All right? So really, if you one point, they really think that this is we're going to win. So I feel like we should win this game now, especially coming off to see how to win. Then we have the bye. You got to beat the Chargers and Herbert. You got to be San Fran, okay, Monday night football because everybody's hurt. Now Big Ben is hurt. What if Big Ben has COVID and he ain't right? Okay, you beat them Sunday night football. Denver, you got to beat Drew Locke. 
the Patriots, they struggled last night with uh, the Jets. They're ready to pack it in. And then Miami. So I I just hope that Miami loses a couple games down the stretch. But if they don't, we win. They keep winning. Then that, that last game in January is going to be for the division title. you got to figure out how to beat Tua. And that defense, you know what I'm saying, is going to be at home. It's going to be cold, even though this weekend was beautiful Florida-like weather from what I hear and see on TV. So we have to figure it out. But I tell you, man, we did the first step, and that's being Seattle. So we just got to hope that Josh Allen can keep it going, man. So let's talk about points for and against again. Because in the end, I think that that has – that, that tells you something at this point in the season of what a team is capable of. Now, we don't have a real strong view of what Miami is on offense right now because Tua, he's only played two games. But the Miami Dolphins have uh, scored only 20 fewer points than the Bills have. Their defense has allowed over 50 fewer points than the Bills defense has. So that concerns me right there. That tells me that their defense is going to keep them in games that maybe their offense couldn't. But then again, the Bills have had a fairly prolific offense for a good portion of the season. So Miami's scoring is better than average this year. And their defense is way better than average. Their team that that worries me, especially considering they've got a weak schedule coming up. Now, we've already talked about the parody and how anybody can beat anybody and blah, 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 blah. But this Dolphins team, they may they may win the next five straight. And it may come down to what's going to happen that last game of the season against the Buffalo Bills because, you know, while the Bills' schedule doesn't look as difficult now as it did two weeks ago, it's still a tough schedule. They're still playing tough teams on the road. And that doesn't mean as much without fans in the stands, but they're still heading out west twice. That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, well, like I said, I don't I don't agree with <laughs> the, the, the schedule being tough. We beat the best team that was on our schedule the rest of the way in Seattle. I mean, we have Pittsburgh and uh, everybody else, I believe at this point, have a losing record and we will be favored uh, versus everyone the rest of the way outside of Pittsburgh. And I would imagine even we win and they win the rest of the way, we would probably be favored at home versus Miami. I would think so. so. But I I still don't think that the 49ers are a gimme. They're, not what they were without Kittle and Jimmy G, but you know they still run the ball well, and that's something that the Bills' defense has, has a difficult time with. Um, the Patriots, they don't look good, but they still played the Bills tough, and I think that there's no reason to believe that they won't play the Bills tough again. But two weeks ago, like I said, I, I thought that this sounded the schedule sounded a lot more difficult than it is. And yeah, the Bills are going to beat they're going to beat the Chargers. I think they're going to beat the Broncos as well. Dolphins going to be tough. Now, also being the pessimist that I am, just last week I was saying that I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills only won one more game this season. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of seems silly now. 
<laughs> we already beat you. we already beat your prediction, buddy. Yeah, and by beating the best remaining team on the schedule. Exactly the the, the game that you, I'm sure you absolutely thought we wouldn't win, we won. Yeah. So <laughs> now it's it's back to asking the question that has been asked before. What the hell do I know? <laughs> I, I exactly. don't know what I'm talking about. I know most of us don't, man. But yeah, I I, I couldn't believe you said that, man. I, I could see you saying that in the privacy of our own conversations, but to get on a podcast and say that, man, I was I was shocked. I ain't gonna lie. Apparently, all I was trying to do was turn people against me. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of messages on Twitter that said as much. Speaking of Twitter, a couple things I got to say here. Our boy at the Riverfish wasn't feeling well recently. We hope you get well soon, buddy. Um, also our boy, Julian Cologne writing to us, he was asking, so he was asking the question I asked earlier, which was who is the real Josh Allen? And the answer is, eh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's great, man. Having an interaction. Riverfish, man, that my, uh, boy Riverfish who was, uh, talking about his wife is the, uh, Seattle fan. Yeah. And- he was gonna sit. He had to sleep on the couch, man. That's house divided, man. Told him I, I've been dealing with it for years, man. I married a girl from Pittsfield, Mass. So oh. it's been house divided for a long time for me, man. But it's a new day now, man. We beat New England, and so it's a new day. I'm the big man now, you know. So were were you talking smack now? Were you talking <laughs> smack after that? No, I told you. No, because first of all, they've been slapping us around too long. Yeah. And I know that they stink. So it's kind of like you really can't talk trash. It's just like, meh, you know. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Also, you know. I wouldn't mess with your wife. <laughs> no. I hope you don't mess with my wife. <laughs> uh, she Okay, l- let me rephrase. If I were you, I wouldn't mess with your wife. <laughs> and like I said, now only thing is now I get to be the, be the big spoon. That's the only thing that changed this this uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the big spoon! Imagine a four hundred pound little spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, like, like, how is she able to pull that off? Does she have to get like a, a step ladder? Or yeah, like yeah, my wife isn't that tall. She's only five two, five three. So yeah, she gotta you know. Well, you know when you're laying down, it doesn't matter. You know we're all the same height when we're laying down. So. Well, okay, yeah, height, but I'm talking about width here. Like oh, oh, girth and width. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. I'm yeah, sure. but it's getting easier. I, I dropped about fifty pounds now, so it's getting easier. So you're down to about four even. I'm at four. I was at four oh one yesterday. I was at four hundred and. Point eight or point seven yesterday. So really? I just got to work hard on the bike today. Hopefully, I can wake up and get three ninety nine. Something I haven't seen that three in years. So. Oh, buddy, you're just you're you're one healthy trip to the bathroom away from being there. And I'm gonna get a colonoscopy too, so I can't wait for that, man. <laughs> the stuff you drink, man, it gets everything out your pipe. So I'm looking forward to that. I think everybody said how nasty he is. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. You're so you're looking forward to your colonoscopy. Yeah, just because they can clean my pipes out, man. I want to clean the pipes out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to drinking that gunk. Oh, yeah. Now, have you had one before? No, I never had one. Never had you, one. No, usually you get them when you turn 50. 
But if you have a history in your family, they make adjustments and you could do it earlier. So you just got to get a waiver to get it done early. So I'm 47 now, but we have it in our family. So um, I'm going to get it done. Now, I've got a buddy who's 10 years your junior who, for medical reasons, has to do it every two years. And um, he was, I I picked him up because they, you know, have to put you under or whatever. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that night he went out to a bar and uh, then all of a sudden everything caught up to him when he was walking home. <laughs> it ended up being a bad scene for that dude. Oh my God. Yeah, man. My mom been telling me cause she's had it done. She was like, boy, you don't want to go nowhere. And I was like, I already know my, I already know. So. Oh yeah. yeah. He, uh, he made a mistake and, uh, yeah, lived to regret that one. <laughs> I can imagine, man. I can imagine that's a mess, but it feels, Man, it feels good to be able to do a podcast, and we're having a historic season. I tell you, man, and, and you know when you're watching the game, man, you have illusions of grandeur. And us, us as Bills Mafia, man, we go from we suck, and I hate, man, I hate myself for loving this team so much. To man, we beat Seattle, man. What what if we were to make it? This year's 2020 has been the craziest year of my life. But what if we were to make it to the Super Bowl, like? Can I even talk about, like, can we even speak that? Can we even utter those words? Well, here's the thing. My cousin Paul had this premonition last year when the Chiefs were hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. He said he just had this premonition. He saw Josh Allen holding up the Lombardi Trophy, being named MVP, and he's like, this is going to be the Bills this season. I don't know why I think this, but every fiber of my being says that the Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl this year. And I'm like, yeah, you're freaking nuts, man. I, I, I'm not us, man. <laughs> and once again, if we go out there and stick it up against Arizona, we're going to go right back to bye week. We're going to be like, man, we suck. Hopefully we can win a division. Hopefully we can make it to the playoffs. But, I mean, I tell you, man, it, it's ebbs and flows, man. I, I, You can't tell me you didn't watch that game thinking, man, we're good enough. To, I mean, we're good enough. We can, Maybe we can actually do this. Well, yeah. all, We can't run the football. Our defense ain't that good. But, man, when Josh Allen looks like the best quarterback in the freaking league, man, tell me you don't think about it. I, it's kind of like buying a lottery ticket. I don't know if you played a lottery, but I played a lottery every now and again, you know, when it gets up real high. Sure. And I spend that little six, seven, maybe ten dollars during that week, and I don't even care. I know in my mind I will never win, but just thinking about it. When you checking those numbers, just thinking about winning that money, how you will just walk off your job and tell your job, I ain't coming no more, and how you'll tell your friend, go back and high side in front of the girls and stuff that didn't like you in high school, and all that, like, thinking about all that stuff. The girls that didn't like you in high school. Well, first of all, I can't imagine there were any of those who didn't like you, which is totally different from my scene, which is there wasn't a single woman who did like me in high school. (laughs) <laughs> so let me tell you, I would show up to my uh, high school reunions dressed like the Monopoly guy, and I'd be like throwing dollar bills at everybody. I'd be like, hey, clean yourself up. Yeah. 
Hey, man, I talked to my friends about it, man. I'm like, man, you know, if we sell our house, I'll just come home and tell my wife, man, let's go. She's like, we got to pack up. Man, I don't want that crap. I I don't want that crap. Like the stuff, my most valuable possessions in my life right now be crap tomorrow if I won the lottery. So just acting like that, man, and just knowing all the stuff you could do and it is well worth the ten dollars you spend. It's well worth the uh the you know something from Chick Fil A. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, just I, watching the Seattle game. I mean, it comes to your mind like, could we actually do this? Like, is this something that's possible? So, and the it, answer is just like when you buy the lottery ticket. The answer is no. The answer is no. But it's awfully fun to think about, isn't it? Yeah, man, it's it's fun to think about it, dog. I mean, when the Mega Millions got up to seven hundred million um, a, a couple of years ago, I ended up getting like I don't know five ten dollars worth of tickets, and in my mind, for a solid four hours, I was like the future of venture capital. Like me, I was going to be investing in tech firms and I was going to be living in this great house. And man, I was going to buy myself a little place over in Italy so I could just go whenever I wanted. You know, it was all happening. Hey, man, I feel you, dude. You know, and I just, and like I said, man, 2020 is crazy as it's been. Can't you see like a year after we'd have had this year in Buffalo making a run? I mean, you know, it ain't going to happen, maybe, but just, what if it did, man? Okay, so let, let's <laughs> run down this hypothetical right here. Bills make it to the Super Bowl. You've got a bye week between uh, the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. What do you do with yourself those two weeks? I think I'll be a nervous wreck, kind of like when when my daughter was born. I was like a mental wreck. Really? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I think that that would be the, and I think that would be one of the happiest days of my life, um, because I'm a Cardinals fan, but I don't like baseball as much as I like football and basketball. Yeah, so I can't imagine winning a Super Bowl or Notre Dame winning a national championship. Uh, I'm a Wizards fan. We know Wizards will never win anything, probably, and then uh, Michigan basketball. And uh, right now we have the number one recruiting class in the country, too. Got two five-star players. But I just – I mean, Michigan has been to the Final Four the last couple years. You know what I'm saying? Notre Dame has been to some playoffs. Buffalo has never really came close in the last 25 years, like talking about. We've only been in the playoffs a couple times. So if we make it to the Super Bowl, I I think that will be like – like. I I would probably be as happy as when I had my first born, man. I mean, I it, I'd probably cry. I'd probably be broke because I'm buying every piece of paraphernalia. <laughs> I would probably go. I probably won't be able to afford to go in the game, but I would be in the city because the Super Bowl's in Florida. It's in Tampa, I think. Is it? And so I, I think it is. Oh and man, my parents have a uh, have a beach house down there. Yeah, and my my uh, in laws are down in. Uh, in Palmetto, Florida, right outside town. Well, I called it a beach house. It's not a beach house. It's 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 more of a winter condominium <laughs> near yeah. the beach, not on it. Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely go there and be in the city and uh, do all the festivities, uh, taking the atmosphere. But it, I, 
I'm probably a cry man. I mean, I, I can't. I'm I'm serious. I just because all the stuff we've been through, and just once again, it just makes me tingle just thinking about it. Thinking about what you do, like Jared always talks about how he he has his uh Super Bowl fund. If we ever make it, it don't matter what it costs, he's gonna be there. And so, just seeing everybody faces, just us talking about it, like I don't think I felt I don't think I felt anything in my adult life like it. Like you know, I think back a few years ago when the Bills broke the the streak. Thank you, Andy Dalton. And the Bills kind of fell ass backwards into the playoffs. I right. was so excited. I was so excited. I, and, you know, and I'm watching, you know, the Bills fans travel to Nashville and I just getting so excited about that and donating money to Andy Dalton's foundation. And, you know, it, it just felt like it didn't matter what the outcome of that game was. It, it didn't matter to me. I was thrilled. Last year, I was nervous as hell once the game began. I can't imagine my, my level of nerves if the Bills were playing in the Super Bowl because here's the thing. It's not like the Detroit Lions get to the Super Bowl and they're just happy to be there. This is like, oh my God, can the fifth time be the charm? Losing four in a row is such a pockmark on the Buffalo Bills that if they make it a fifth, it's almost like they would never live it down. And, oh, the smack talk. And here's the thing. I I truly don't understand why, for some reason, being the second best team in the NFL is somehow worse than not making the playoffs at all. But, man, that's how people would make it seem. Yeah, there it would be a lot of memes and jokes, but I no, I don't think. I, like I said, Notre Dame went. We went in twenty uh thirteen with Mantateau, and we went and got blasted by uh by Alabama in the championship. Yeah, right. I went down to Miami. I didn't go to the game. We were outside the game tailgate. I felt I didn't care. Like if we win, that'd be great. But the fact we made it, like once again, you can't move the goalposts. You can't move the finish line now. You know what I'm saying? So if we make it to the Super Bowl, I would damn sure want to win. But I would be so happy just to make it because we haven't been we haven't been nowhere near close to it in 25 years. So beginning oh. beginning of the season, though, what was your goal for the Buffalo Bills? Was it? It wasn't playing in the Super Bowl, was it? No. No. Nowhere near. It was AFC Championship home playoff game, and hopefully we can win that. I My goal was winning, and still is, winning one playoff game. Mm, yeah, no. AFC champs, AFC East champs, home playoff game so the fans can enjoy it. But if we play Baltimore, right? I mean, because right now if the playoffs started, we play Baltimore. Yeah, I don't like I that matchup. Huh? I don't like that matchup. I don't like, but who do, who, what matchup do you like? If, if the playoff ended now, who would you want? I mean, you, you want to play Kansas City? You want to play Pittsburgh? You want to play, uh, uh, who's going to win the AFC? Uh, Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, um, uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to touch any of them. I think exactly. they're better teams. <laughs> exactly. But we got to play somebody. So, I mean, 
in Baltimore. So if you look at the list of the people we could possibly play, I mean, well, Baltimore would be the one, right? Well, I mean, you got to look at. Uh, well, right now the Bills would play the Raiders if the season ended today. I could deal with that. We would play the Raiders again. Yeah. I thought it would be Baltimore. Okay, it might have changed. I thought it was Baltimore. Maybe that was last week. Okay, that's fair. Um, what, are, what are we? What are we in the AFC right now? We're number three. Pittsburgh's one. Yep. Kansas City's two. Yep. Tennessee's three, and we're four, right? Uh, no. Uh, we, because the Bills are a half game up on Tennessee right now. On Tennessee, even though they beat us. Okay, so yeah. we're three. We're three. Uh, Tennessee's four. And then you got Baltimore and Oakland. Yes. Las but Vegas. They, right. Well, Las Vegas. I'm sorry. And we they're talking about adding a playoff team to where no one gets a bye. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can add Miami to the list. It's either Miami or it's the Colts right now. Oh, yeah. What about the Colts? Yeah, they're in there. They're five and three, same record as Miami. Gotcha. Well, yeah, if we get one of them, I wouldn't be scared of the Colts. I wouldn't be scared of uh, Miami. Yeah. Everybody else is like, eh. It's really that the Bills are probably the best of the second echelon of teams. Yeah. But not that much better. I, I think the Bills would be looking at a, a fairly even matchup, no matter who they play in the first round. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if Baltimore comes, well, I would feel good if the Raiders came. I'll feel good about that matchup. Mm-hmm. But anybody above us, like the yeah Steelers, KC, any of them, I wouldn't feel as confident. No. But that's for another day, man. We're celebrating the Seattle win. Thank you for putting a nice bow on that. because. It's time for us to wrap up here. First off, shout out to Bill's Mafia raising over a quarter of a million dollars um, for Josh Allen's grandmother um, in memory of her. He played a great game with a heavy heart. I was actually at the game. It made me think about uh, when Brent Favre's father died in 03 and he was uh, went out to Oakland for the Packers-Oakland game. I was actually at that game, and he had a great game that day also. So that was 17 years ago. So shout-out Bills Mafia, and shout-out to Josh Allen playing with a heavy heart. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. The Bills, they beat Seattle convincingly. Didn't see it coming. Let's enjoy this one. Give me a song, big man. And like I said, it's going to be a shout-out to my man, Sal Capaccio, because the Bills fans were saying, hey, 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 hey. <laughs>